Does anyone notice anything different about the sanctuary? All right. Praise the Lord. So, uh, the roof is repaired. It's repaired. They put the sheetrock up. I think this week they're planning on planning on getting <clears throat> the spackle ready, and then it'll be the paint. Then we'll work on the brick. Uh, and then we have some ideas uh, for maybe some possible future kind of like basic fundraising possibilities, uh, which we'll talk to the board with today. Just like grassroots kind of raising up funds the old school way. Uh, to, to do something a little bit more permanent uh, with the floor in here. Uh, we'll see how the Lord directs, but it's, it'll be wise to, to think about that and plan for it. Amen? Because it's getting a little beat up because of all the use. And it's getting all the use because we're here. And it's getting all the use because we're here. And since we're here, the Holy Spirit is here. And so since the Holy Spirit is here, people want to come into the building. People want to use the building for all different things. There are people who have come in here from amazing worship leaders, like Missy Edwards, to construction workers who have come in here and have said something different about this place. Okay? So that's a wonderful thing, that the, uh, the, the ground is being used and, 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 and what have you. Uh, with that being said, uh, just remember, board, <clears throat> board of Elders, we have a uh, board meeting today, um, which I'm sure you guys... Uh, are re, re, remembering. Okay, so today uh, we are going to uh, do a lesson on um, questions. Uh, questions, a lesson in ascension. It's actually one of the verses that were, was sang from that song that was given. No idea, just Lord saying something about ascending. All right. Um, and so <clears throat> when we get into this, let's just talk real quick. What, 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 what's so important about questions? Clarity, how you learn stuff. Cool. Makes you think. That was a good one. Okay. So what we have here are questions are powerful. And the reason why they're powerful is for many of the things that was just said. Uh, one thing, uh, to receive an answer, uh, we need to begin with a question, right? And so what we have here is actually, fundamentally, everything that you do in life uh, is really coming out of a question. Even mundane things. Eating. Well, you eat because you're feeling hungry. So you're answering the question, essentially, why is my stomach growling? Well, my stomach is growling because I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat now. Uh, you sleep because you're tired, and you're like, well, I'm tired, but why am I tired? Uh, because I, I, I need to have more sleep. I know this is very simple and fundamental, but we need to begin there. Everything that we do essentially begins with some type of question. <clears throat> so that's one reason why knowing about questions and asking questions are very fundamental to life. Even if you want to just take spirituality out of it, it's just very fundamental. So the first reason why questions are powerful and the reasons why we should be studying questions uh, is because everything that we do begins with a question. 
Two, uh, it shows yourself and other people and also creates a mind that is imaginative, that is active, and is desiring progress. Just think of a two-year-old. Why? 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 They're asking that over and over again because their little brain is forming. It's changing. It's desiring to progress and to learn more and to grow. So that is really important to ask questions because the questioning process is showing yourself and showing other people that you're interested, that you're interested in something and someone, and that you want to grow. In fact, the third reason is really because it shows people. It shows people that you care. You just think about how you go up to someone and you say, you had a rough day, and they're like, oh, okay. I remember just the other day, I was, I was talking to someone, I was like, man, I'm feeling a little, little down and depressed about some stuff, and don't worry, Alan, it wasn't you. Uh, and they just like, they just uh, like went on, I was like, Right. When someone asks you a question, how are you? I know in Western culture it's always become a little a cliche. How you doing? No, like if you actually write someone's going through something, you say, Well, how are you? How is this making you feel? And you engage in a question, it's because you're showing that you care. You care about it. And even academically and spiritually, intellectually, if you're asking questions about how things operate and how things move, it shows that you have an interest of intent, of caring, of inquiry into a problem, a situation, a topic. Right? right? So these are the three things, right? To receive an answer, we must begin with a question. It shows and creates a mind that is imaginative, active, and is desiring progress. And it shows that you actually do care about someone or something. And that's the power, power behind it. So uh, what we have here are some problems. The problems of the questioning process. To question is to care and to progress. And to stop asking questions is to slowly crawl into the abyss of apathy and regression in your life. Once you stop asking questions in a friendship, in a family, in an intellectual pursuit, or most importantly... In spiritual matters, when you stop asking questions, it is a slow digression or regression into a place of apathy and not caring. Right? When you stop asking your loved one questions about their life, it's not a good place to be going. You stop asking questions to your kids, not a good place. If you stop asking questions to the Lord of inquiry, you're going to have a pretty mundane experience with your Heavenly Father. So it's very important to do this. And so this is the problem. If you stop asking questions about life and about things, if you stop being that little two-year-old that says, why, 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 why? You don't grow. Because questions is the place of growth. You cannot grow if you do not ask the question. Because if you don't ask the question, you're not going to know how to quote-unquote solve a scenario. And so this is very, very important. But here's another problem. Before an answer, there must be not a question, but the correct question. 
And this is really where large of the focus is going to be today. We need to be sons and daughters of God who don't just ask questions, but ask the right questions. It has to be the right ones. Example. Is there a new job that I can have? Let me ask friends. Hey, do you, have, do you know of any jobs? Eh, seems like a good question. It's actually a bad question. But the question probably should be is, what can I do to create better opportunity for myself? One, is there a new job? Yes. No. Are there any things that I can do to create a better opportunity for myself leads to deeper understanding of the situation? Yes, I probably could go and get my resumes together. I probably could go and get some supplemental education. Uh, maybe I need to get this licensing. Uh, maybe I need to do this. So much different, right? You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Dear Jesus, help us. Which skills do I need in order to pursue something that I'm looking into? Right? Uh, so questioning is, is all about asking the right questions. You know, we've all asked, what am I to do with my life? Bad question. What is the next step in my life? Another bad question. But they're questions we all ask. Better question of than what am I supposed to do with my life is what does the Lord say that He wants me to do with my life? That's a good question. What do I do with my life? Not really a great question. It's all about the phrasing, right? It's all about that. Now, I know it seems a little strange and everything, but it's all good because hopefully it's going to come together. Praise the Lord. I had a rough week too. Did I have a rough week? It's a question. Why did I have a rough week? Ah. Now I get it, Lord. <laughs> the Bible. Most people believe the Bible is a book of answers. Uh, but actually, more importantly, it is a book of questions. I want to say this again. So many of us are like, oh, the Bible is a book of answers. It's true, it's a book of answers. But more importantly, it's a book of questions. There are over 3,000 questions in the Bible. We're always going to the Bible to look for answers. Go to the Bible to look for questions. Huh? Yeah. Go to the Bible to look for the right questions. But I want answers. You're not going to get answers until you get the right question. So look to the Bible for the right question. 3,000 questions in the Bible. Let's take a look at the first three. Let's just take a look at the first three questions in the Bible. Right there, just the first three are going to unveil so much about questioning. Did God really say? Question number one. Well... We could teach like a whole sermon series on that one. 
We're not even looking at the answer. We're just looking at the question. The first question that has ever been articulated in the history of mankind, in the history of the cosmos is, did God really say? Let that sit in for a moment. The first question that has ever been articulated in the cosmos that we're essentially aware of is, did God really say that? Dang. Well, the next question. Where are you, Adam? Man, I mean, I, I would like think and hope that the Bible would be asking like some other questions like, why did God create the heavens and the earth? What is my divine purpose here? What is the timeline? Were there really dinosaurs on planet Earth? How come you can't ask those questions? I feel the Lord is just saying, because they're bad questions. The good questions are, where are you, Adam? Did God really say? And the third question, am I my brother's keeper? Right there are three questions that are good questions, but they're actually bad questions by the people that are asking them outside of the Lord. Uh, but really, they're bad questions uh, by the people because uh, they do something that they, they shouldn't have done. And you're like, what you, yeah, of course they did bad stuff. Like Adam and Eve eat of the fruit. Adam hides himself. Cain kills his brother, right? These are all the answers to these questions. And that's bad. It's bad, you know, they're bad because they, 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 they come to these conclusions. They, come, they, they create answers out of this, right? By their actions. But what is so bad about this is they, are, they, they, they answer, but they don't respond to the question with a question. What do I mean by this? What I mean by this is man, in these first three questions of the Bible, man answered too quickly. His response is one of maintenance and not of ascension. Now, what do I mean by this? With these three questions, mankind responds with an action. And they shouldn't have. They should have taken that question, they should have stopped, and they should have formulated a question yet again unto themselves. And it'll make more sense in a moment. But what we're getting at here is this. Uh, the, he answers too quickly. He answers too quickly, and uh, the answer is one of maintenance. Maintenance meaning staying where you're at. A comfortability, a sense of familiarity of the scenario. While instead, he should have been doing something which is really ascending. The pro progress and the process of transformation into heavenly realities. Now, what we're getting at here is this. Adam and Eve came... Their response to these divine questions are essentially actions. And they did it too quickly because they were not asking themselves the question of why they're about to do what they're going to do. And they just responded real quickly. They responded out of sense of fear, out of, I want to maintain the order of things. I want to maintain my emotions. I want to maintain where I'm at with things. But that's what bad questions do. Good questions 
force you to ascend into holy things and holy places. And that's why the Bible is a book of questions. What man should have been doing and what you should always be doing is ask the question, why? The questions of what and how are the questions of maintenance. The question of why is the question of ascension. Now, English is so weird, but other languages make it have more sense. Uh, in Spanish, to say why is porque. In French, it's pourquoi. And in Hebrew, it's lama or lama. Each of those, you see a breakdown, right? So, where are my Spanish speakers here? If you had to break porque down, what are you really saying there if you really break it down into Spanish? For what? Por, for. K, what? French, pourquoi, for what? Lama, la is for, ma is what? For what? Now in English it's just why. But really, the articulation of the question why is an understanding or a desire for an understanding for what purpose am I doing this? For what purpose? For what objective? For which end result? That is the question why. And it's very powerful. So another question. I was like, let's balance this out. Let's pull a question out of the New Testament. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Romans 6.1. All right. We need to reinterpret these things. So, what we're getting there is this. What man should have done is the following. So you get a little sense of what I'm trying to drive out here. Satan comes to Adam and Eve. Did God really say? And they respond by eating the apple. And what they should have said is, why would Satan be asking me this question? You see, they respond by eating. They respond by essentially answering Satan instead of going to him and asking themselves another question. Well, why are you asking me this question? Another one. Uh, where are you, Adam? Why am I hiding? For what purpose am I hiding from God? And why, even though I disobeyed what God had told me to do, and I'm really afraid, why does he still want to talk to me? Why is he speaking to me? Why does he want to still pursue me? Problem is, Adam and Eve did not ask that question. That is the point of what I'm trying to say to you today. They did not respond with an internal question. They responded with a action. They eat the apple. They cover themselves with a fig leaf. To hide their impurities from the Lord. They would not have done those actions if they stopped to ask the question, why? Why? 
Why is this happening? Am I my brother's keeper? Now, just listen to this. Go, like, just, I, I don't know if you guys are fully getting this. Like, if they asked the right question to, back to Satan and to themselves, they would not have eaten the forbidden fruit. If they asked the right questions and desired not maintenance and protection, but desired ascension, they would not have covered themselves and kept themselves separated from God. This is no small thing here. Maybe, maybe in God's justice and mercy, if, if, if they would have questioned Satan, maybe God would have, would have just allowed something else to happen. And, and maybe if, if Adam and Eve were like, Oh Lord, I'm sorry that I hid myself from you. I don't even want to cover myself with a fig leaf. I just come before you and I said, I did this because of these reasons, but you still pursue me and love me. But Adam and Eve can't come to that conclusion because they did not ask the question, why? Their response is of action that creates maintenance and comfortability. It does not create ascension into heavenly realities. Can I get an amen or something? Amen. So, if you're not really gaining much from today, what of your life is a place of maintenance? It's kind of keeping things the way they are. Pourquoi? For what? Why? It's a place to ascend to new places and new levels in your life. Yeah, it could be as mundane as a job. Which skills do I need? By acquiring new skills, you will ascend. I need a new job, you're going to stay where you're at. Progress is from why. What am I supposed to do with my life, Lord? Opposed to why have you called me into righteousness, Father? We'll create two very different responses. The first of maintenance, the second of ascension into heavenly places and heavenly things. By not asking why in our spiritual life, something is happening. The first thing that is happening is you maintain your present position in a place of comfort, as I have said. But there is a second piece of people not wanting to ask why. And that is, you simply do not want to actually ascend. You mean I have to go back to school and study more to get a better job? Yes. You mean I have to do my legwork and get resumes out there and do all this kind of stuff? Yes. You mean I have to ask the hard questions to myself and take away the masks that Adam and Eve put on themselves to go to God and ask Him, why am I being the way that I'm being? Yes. Yes. It's hard. And so we don't always want to ask that question and it's because... The Lord says, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. (laughs) Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard the things which God has for me. God has such amazing things for you that the scriptures say, eyes have not even been able to see it. And ears have not even been able to hear the amazing things that God has in store for you. 
But those things will only come when you choose to ascend. Amen? If we can go to the video, please. This is really good.
Amen. Let's give the worship team come on down. And you can switch here. Don't worry, I'll pad, I'll, pad, I'll pad it a little bit. I'll pad it a little bit. What are we getting at here? Uh, the first time the, uh, the man was singing, uh, he was singing out of what, right? Uh, a guy just asked me to sing. What am I to sing? I'm going to sing Amazing Grace. All right, that's what I have to sing. I'm, the what is, I'm singing the Ameri- Amazing Grace. And so he sings it. But see, that's the place of maintenance. I'm doing what the guy on the stage, and this happened in church, guy is a believer, by the way. Um, I'm going to just do what he's telling me to do, because that's the, what we're doing. Right? But then once the comedian, Michael Jr., you know, gave it like, come on, man. What if you're singing it because you're coming out of a circumstance of difficulty and hardship? What if the singing of the song was not just the singing of a song, but there was a why? The why was to release the pain. The why was to not sing about God, but sing to Him. My why is not just I'm coming to church. My why is I am going to touch the heart of the Father in this moment. Once that was released, you saw ascension into heavenly places. Too many of us live a life of what? It is time to live a life of for what purpose? A why? As Michael Jr., the comedian, said, when you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you are walking in or towards your purpose. Your purpose, your why. What is your why? What is your why? What is your why? Forget about your what. What is a question of earthly things? Why is the things of heaven? Why do you work? Why do you have a family? Why do you have friends? Why do you come to church? Why do you live? These are also things what you do. But why do you do it, people? One philosopher put it this way. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. The hows of your life. The situations. The difficulties. The hardships. The day in. The day out. If you have a why to your life, you can endure any how, any circumstance, any situation. But this beckons the question. What is your why? What is your why? Let that sink in right now. What is your why? Why do you work? Why do you go to church? Why do you exist? Why do you live? Why do you have friends? Why do you have family? Why? 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 For what purpose are you here? You see, once we ask the right question, the why, the for what purpose, it will unleash the purposes of heaven in you. 
When you ask the question why, it unleashes the purposes of your what's and your how's. But it's tough, man. It's tough because we always see the hows, don't we? You always see the difficulties. You always see the situations that are coming at you. You see them. So easy to see. But rarely do we see the why. The for what purpose. Now, before there is a rumor that starts to go around the church and around the community, that this church has defaulted to a self-help kind of place. Because up until this now, this sounds like a really, you know, self-help kind of person. Reskit your why and you'll have access to great things in your life. I don't want that rumor to go around. So I'm going to tell you your why comes from the book of Haggai. The context is the people of Israel are returning from Babylon. They're coming back into the land of Israel. They're rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And they're there. And the Holy Spirit is going to fall on a prophet. The prophet Haggai. And he's going to speak. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? Why the house, this house, the house of the Lord, lays in ruins. Sharon, we can just lower the worship team a little bit. This is a question. The question is to ancient Israel, you just returned to the land of Israel. Why is it that all of you have really nice flashy houses? And the first thing you did when you came back to the land of your fathers is build your own inheritance and build up your own abundance. He made your houses look really, really nice. And while you did this, the house of the Lord is in ruins. In ruins. Now, for us today, I'm not saying, hey, you just paint your house and we have a leak in this church that, oh, that's what that is in reference to. It's not. That's not what it's in reference to. Please. That's a question of what? That's not a question of ascension. The question of ascension and the discussion of his ascension is, why are we paying so much attention to earthly things when the Lord does not have a resting place yet? Why do we invest so much time and energy into our careers and into our things and into buying things and doing things when the Lord is sitting saying, I need a home.
Well, you say, come on, Dave. He's got a home. Not the home that he desires. The home that he has is one that is falling apart in the Western church. The home that he wants is found in Haggai chapter 2. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and also to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes is nothing? He's saying, guys, we just spent 70 years in Babylon. Where are the old people that returned who remembered the temple of God in Jerusalem before the destruction? Where are you? And they raised their hand and they say, hey, how is this temple now compared to the temple before we left? And they're like, yeah, it's nothing even close to it. The temple before was majesty, was glorious, was amazing. And this thing is falling apart. Yet now, be strong, Zerubbabel says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the Lord, says the Lord, and work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, once more, once more, it is a little while away, I will shake heaven and earth, I will shake the sea, I will shake the dry land, and I will shake all nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations, which is Jesus. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. For the silver is mine and the golden is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. There is a house of the Lord in the Western Church of America. It's here. But it lays in ruins. In comparison to the prophecy that has gone forth, it lays in ruins. He says, if you think you've seen glory in the house of the Lord, I want to shake the entire earth. The nations will tremble and will come to the temple of the Lord again. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The young men will dream dreams. The young women will have visions. All will know me. There'll be such a great revival and power in the the new temple. In the temple of God, the earth will never be the same. That is your why. That's supposed to be your why. To build the Lord a resting place in this church on this earth and in you. It's not so uberly romantic. It's not your self-help guide of how you're going to make more money. It's a guide to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. 
It is a guide not to fill your piggy bank. It is a guide to see the captives set free in this generation. It is a guide not to have necessarily a vacation home. And how do you do that, Pastor? It is a guide of how do you see revival in the hearts of fathers being turned to their sons, in the hearts of sons being turned to their fathers. It is a guide to see hell shake and heaven rejoice. Lord, I want to build a temple unto you, a house of the living God that is in such glory and splendor that it is so much greater than the former one in the days of the temple. That is the right question. And I believe the right answer. Now what you have to do, and before even responding to it, right? Because everyone else has responded too quick. You respond too quick, it maintains. We want to ascend. So you guys can come down and you're like, oh yeah, 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 I want to respond to this message. Cool. But that's not what I want you to do. What I want you to do is ask the question, why is it, why is it, that I may have not come to this conclusion on my own. Why is it that this has not been on the forefront of my mind and my heart and my spirit in years? Why is it that I used to believe that way, but I no longer have been believing that way? What and why and how has something else wiggled its way into the garden and has told you that your distraction your eyes are supposed to be on other things? Well, my eyes are supposed to be on Jesus. Well, my eyes are supposed to be on his kingdom. Well, my eyes are supposed to be readily expecting and waiting for his return. And to share the power of the good news. To set people free. That is how we ascend into heavenly places. For no eye has seen and no ear has heard the glories and the beauties, and the power, and the glory of the Lord to be made manifest in your life. Your mind and your spirit cannot even comprehend it. For He is training you right now for the second coming where you and I will judge nations and judge angels. Lord, why am I going through difficult times? Because you are going to be raised up to judge nations and angels in the second coming of the Lord. Yes, God. Whoa, okay. Why don't we stand? Father, I pray right now that a spirit of questioning would fall on us. That we would ask the right questions before you. That we would build our life on you. That you are the way, the truth, and the life. We build our life on nothing else. The way, the truth, the life. The way, the truth, the life. The way, the truth, the life. Father, I pray for repentant hearts. 
to fall in this place that just says, why? Why have I been spending so much time and attention on those things which will burn? But my eyes have not been set like flint on the house of the Lord. Why have I not done it? Holy questions fall. Holy questions fall. Not in con- condemnation, Lord, but a conviction of the Holy Ghost to ascend. To ascend the hill of the Lord. To ascend into your divine purposes. To ascend into the calling that you have for us. To ascend. To ascend. Mm. Sometimes it's hard as a, a pastor to teach. Sometimes teachable moments don't look so nice. I'm going to invite you to come down to receive prayer. A prayer for ascension. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up, let us ascend the hill of the Lord. Mount Zion. If you want some prayer to move into the places of setting your eyes on the kingdom, setting your eyes on the gospel, that everything else will go, but your eyes will be set on him and focused on him and focused on his purposes on earth. If you want that stirring inside of you, I'm going to have you come on down and receive prayer if you want it. But there's going to be a ticket. There's going to be a key to get into that time of prayer with our prayer folks. And this is the part that doesn't sound so nice, but I'm just going to obey what I feel from the Lord. To receive a prayer for that, I want you right now to go to the Father and ask Him why. You ask Him why you have not been doing that if you haven't been. I'm assuming if you come up for prayer, it's because you haven't been. So to receive prayer, you need to come forward and be like, I have just gone to the Lord and the Lord is saying unto me that the reason why I have not been ascending the hill or looking to his purposes and looking to his kingdom is because I have been choosing this. This is why. Because we can't see a release in the spirit. We can't see an appropriate answer until you ask the appropriate question. That's how you get deep inner healing. 
Too many people want answers and they haven't gone to the throne room of God with a question. Lord, why is it I am this way? Why is it that I'm doing this? So I encourage you, right now, just go to the Father. If you feel so led, the service is over. Have a wonderful week, but those that remain, I just encourage you, ask Him why. Ask Him why. Ask Him why. Why have you not made Him a complete priority? Why is the house of the Lord in ruins? If it is ruins in your own spirituality, it may not be. Jesus. The reason we're doing this is because the Lord is calling forth a generation. A generation of people. Generation of people. A generation of people. Mm. So I'm just, just hearing from the Lord. I believe the spirit of prophecy is, is, is falling, is about to fall. Jesus. Feel the Lord is just saying unto us here at Bristol. The reason why the last four or five weeks have all had a similar theme. The reason why he is handpicking and bringing people to this house of God. Is because he is getting ready. He is getting ready to raise up a generation. A generation who will not bow down to the idol of the culture, the, uh, the culture of church. He's raising up a generation of leaders and worship leaders and mothers and fathers. And he said, I'm not going to bow down to the way things have always been done. I'm not going to bow down to the idols. I'm going to raise up my eyes and ascend the hill of the Lord. He is taking his time with us, laying down the foundations of glory and manifest presence. He's taking our time with us to get us to ask the questions of why to see if you really want it. Do you really want to be marked in a generation to light the world aflame? Are you really willing to lay down all of the questions of what and all of the questions of how and allow the question of why to resound in the hills and the tents of the righteous. Who is like you amongst the gods? No one, O oh God. Who shall I send, says the Lord unto Moses? You shall send us, O oh God. Jesus. Oh, release, release wise. Release purposes right now in Jesus' name. Release wise, release purposes in Jesus' name. Let it be down deep in our spirits. A reason of being, a reason of being. 
to build the Lord a house, to bring forth the kingdom, to set the captives free, but comes at a cost. Jesus told you what the cost is going to be. It's not even a question. He provided the answer. What is the cross? What is the cost of it all? Those who want to follow me shall die to their self and pick up their cross daily and then go to bed and wake up the next day and then they have to die to their self again and pick up their cross again daily, 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 daily engaging the question of why. Heaven is his throne room and earth is his footstool. The heaven is the Lord's and the earth he has given unto men. Hmm. We're going to need potentially some people to pray. So if you feel led to pray, you can just come on down now. And remember... We so want to pray for you. We so want to pray for you. But this week, in some strange sense, it's going to come with a cost. And the cost is, you need to tell us the why. Why have you not been building the Lord a house, a kingdom, like you should? Have a wonderful week. Hope to see you Wednesday at prayer. Or downstairs. Blessings.